Hello, folks. This is the Community Call Podcast. Again, I'm your host, Murray Raleigh Jr. We're back for another exciting episode of the Community Call Podcast. And I'll tell you what, folks, uh, what a time it has been since the last time we came to you for the Community Call. We are here and we want to um, share with you the latest developments that have been going on since we have left you and now we are back. Um, We want to lead off some stories that led into the weekend on Friday. Um, Trump rejects New York plea for ventilators. President Donald Trump rejected New York Governor Andrew Cuomo's plea for tens of thousands of ventilators to treat the massive surge of coronavirus cases, saying without evidence that the numbers were inflated. I have a feeling that a lot of the numbers that are being said in some areas are just bigger than they're going to be. Trump told Fox News, uh, uh, Sean Hannity, uh, Mr. President, you've got to get it together because that's just crazy. Um, the U.S. is the world's number one in coronavirus cases. The United States hit a grim milestone on Thursday, surpassing China to become the country with the highest number of confirmed coronavirus cases. The U.S. had more than 85,000 reported cases across all 50 states and U.S. territories and nearly 1,300 deaths. Um, Dr. Fauci Stark, uh, Stark's message for young Americans, even though you are young, you're not absolutely invulnerable, Fauci told the Daily, the Daily Show. And I'm host Trevor Noor, young people are defying to stay at home orders and getting sick from the coronavirus. Even those without other health conditions are landing in the hospital and in ICUs, he said. Uh, this is, what a shame this is, guys. We we are dealing with this one, and I kind of felt like it's really important that we understand what's going on with the coronavirus. We're gonna we're gonna talk a little bit more about it here in just a second. Also, the EPA suspends pollution rules, citing virus. The Environmental Protection Agency citing the coronavirus pandemic suspended enforcement of environmental rules, allowing power plants and other big polluters to decide for themselves whether to comply with the laws or not. And this came from the New York Times. These are some of our top stories that came on Friday, March 27th. And we just wanted to bring those to you. Also, we had a Titan fall um, this past week as well. Uh, Reverend Joseph Lowry has died. Uh, A civil rights, I tell you, it's just hard to even come up with words to say about Reverend Lowry at this moment. A civil rights icon and founding father of the civil rights movement, along with Dr. Martin Luther King. Um, We have a press release that came from the um, uh, the leadership conference on civil rights and civil human rights. Uh, Vanita Gupta, president and CEO of the leadership conference uh, on civil rights and human rights issued the following statement on the passing of Reverend Joseph E. Lowry, founder of the Southern Christian Leadership Conference and of the Georgia's People Agenda. The civil rights and human rights community has lost a giant in the fight for civil rights. Reverend Lowry did not leave the battlefield. He never retired. His fiery oratory and his rapier uh, wit and outsized love of people until the end, he deployed them in service to equality for all. It was the truth, and he's go- he was going to tell it like it is. Uh, he was a unapologetic advocate who did not stand for 
stand on ceremony or never allowed the presence of powerful to stop him from dispensing bitter truth, even as our own movement shielded away from uh, full throat advocacy of the LBGQ rights, Reverend Lowry, Reverend Lowry was out front pushing for everyone's rights and humanity. It's, it was the truth, and he was going to tell it. As we celebrate Reverend Lowry's life, we remind our obligation to speak the unvarnished truth to those in power within the within our own government on the behalf of those who left who are left behind it is our truth and now we need to tell it he was known for saying they are good good crazy and they are good they are bad crazy and sometimes you need a little bit of the good crazy to make the world a better place we will miss his great good crazy in a in a world so dominated by bad crazy our thoughts and prayers are with his family and all of those who have benefited from his dedication to justice. The Leadership Conference on Civil Rights, on Civil and Human Rights is a coalition charged by its diverse membership of more than 220 national organizations to promote and protect the rights of all persons in the United States. Um, the Leadership Conference works toward an America as good as its ideals for more information on the Leadership Conference and its members' obligations, visit uh, civilrights.org. And this is this is Reverend Joseph Lowry, who has passed. And our thoughts and prayers go out to his family right now. Our thoughts and prayers go out to the organization, the Leadership Conference on Civil and Human Rights, to all the ones who are working. Uh, Vanita Gupta and everyone in on her staff who are who are mourning the loss of Reverend Joseph Lowry. Also, I would assume the King family is mourning the loss of Reverend Lowry as well. A very, very close family, um, a part of the civil rights movement. We know that these two iconic families were a part of the civil rights movement in the 60s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, and now. Um, we will truly, truly, truly miss him um, as we go forward here in America. And I tell you what, folks, what a time it has been um, in the last few weeks. We've had so much happen and take place uh, here in the country. Um, um, here in the last week or so, we have lost so many people. So many lives have been changed as we speak because of the coronavirus. But yet we still remain and we still remain focused and dedicated to the cause of civil rights here in America. One thing that we want to continue to, to, to talk about is the U.S. Supreme Court has, has rolled back some historic and civil rights protections in the Comcast ruling. And this has been in the news for a while, guys. We've, we've had this in the news for quite a moment. And so we want to share with you some of the, a little bit of the brief that we have here. We're not going to delve into all of it. We're going to just talk a little, uh, share with you the, the particular points on it. Um, the U.S. Supreme Court rolls back historic civil rights protections in the Comcast ruling. The court's decision weakens the 19th century civil rights law, imposing a burdensome bleeding standard on victims of discrimination. Today, the United States Supreme Court instructed a lower court to reconsider its ruling in discrimination case involving 
the National Association of African-American-Owned Media and Comcast. The decision issued by the court weakens the reach of Section uh, 1981, a core provision of the Civil Rights Act of 1866, a historic statute that prohibits discrimination on the basis of race, color, ethnicity, when making enforcing contracts, imposing a burdensome pleading standard on victims of discrimination. And this was one thing about this, this thing came about and every and what has happened is that you've had an influx of black and brown media companies coming in coming into existence. And uh, um, I'm proud to be one of those media companies as well, who have come into existence and brought a diverse um, type of, of communication, entertainment, uh, and such to the masses across the world. And to have this ruling go in, in, into effect really, 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 really makes a, a major statement. Um, one other thing that we want to share um, from this also, uh, it says in the passing of the Civil Rights Act in 1866, the Reconstruction Congress recognized that African-American people must be placed in the equal footing with white people in their ability to access economic opportunity. Today, the Supreme Court undermined that important commitment ruling that the defendant may escape liability even if racial discrimination played a role in its decision and places instead an, uh, an additional burden on the plaintiffs at the very outset of the litigation. And this came from Sherilyn Eiffel, president of the uh, president and director counsel of the NAACP Legal Defense Fund. We are we are gratified that the court did not adopt some of the more extreme arguments advocated by Comcast and the Trump administration as a must uh, country. Uh, we will be carefully monitoring how this decision is applied in the lower courts uh, to ensure that. The victims of racial discrimination have a meaningful remedy. Uh, the court's troubling decision has the potential to weaken a historic civil rights statute and diminish the importance, the important tool of discrimination victims seeking legal recourse, said Vanita Gupta, president and CEO of the Leadership Conference on Civil and Human Rights. Every person, no matter who they are or what their race, should have a fair, equitable access to opportunity and economic mobility. If courts apply today's decision in a manner that allows discriminatory acts to go undebated, unabated, Congress must step in and reverse the decision and safeguard the rights of discrimination victims, rights and protection uh, in the Comcast ruling. And so this, as, as, as we come to you tonight, everyone, we've, what a stark contrast that is taking place uh, when it comes to to African American media and African American black and brown media companies. I'm not just going to say African American because we have um, black and brown companies doing media services, and there's Latino and and African American companies that bring media to to the world. You also have a international media that's bringing international racist bringing media to America and to the world. So we do have a large contingency when it comes to that. And so this, this is just one part of that, everyone that has been happening. Um, one other thing that I wanna say before I bring in um, 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 Michael tonight 
is that uh, when you have rulings like this, it does change the dynamic of things that, that are going on in the country uh, when it comes to um, proper representation of black and brown media. And that says a lot right now. This is, this is major. Uh, we have uh, black and brown media companies that are getting a stronghold, a foothold in this nation and across the world as we speak. What comes to mind immediately is uh, BET, Black and Entertainment Television, who's been around for 25 years or more. Uh, you also have other other companies that have been around uh, even longer. And so given the opportunity for them to display their uh, 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 medias to the world is something. And I don't know why, why this ruling is going to play a major role going forward, especially with the, the way our politics have been um, so polarized here, even the, in the midst of this coronavirus, we still have um, polarized politics, especially coming from number 45. And so this is this is nothing new. This is a strategy. We know why this strategy is in play because black and brown media is going to play a major role in the upcoming election. And so this this is just I think one a tip of the iceberg. Um, uh, what we want to do is bring in Michael. Good, good. Hello, Michael. Welcome to the show. Hey, hey, Murray. How you doing? And greetings to you all. Hoping everybody is staying safe as much as you can because we are un, under pretty serious, um, serious health jeopardy time. So I don't know how else to describe it. And so a lot of the unknowns that we are still battling. And, you know, kids can't stress anymore. But I want yep. just to stay safe and pay attention to the experts, the medical experts and the credible leaders and not the ones, as you had mentioned by name, Murray, number yep. 45. Yeah, we've, we've, been, we've been dealing with it for quite a while there, my friend, and I think it's going to continue on um, mm-hmm. as we go forward. I don't, I don't know why we are why we having this moment right now, Michael. I think it's just because of the way people are taking the approach to stuff right now, and it's being directed by the president. He's given this lackluster type attitude about the pandemic. He's given a light lust attitude about the people that are affected in the tri-state area where you are, California and other parts of the country where things are taking a stronghold right now. And, and Dr. Fauci, I feel sorry for him because he's just having to deal with the president and not only dealing with the president, he has to deal with the folks with the, at the EPA. He has to deal with in Congress. And so Dr. Fauci is catching it. He's catching it right now. And especially when in regards to in regards to uh, number forty-five, and so this this is this is getting to be very difficult. Um, young people seem to think that they it have is. they have this thing, and and by by as as I like to say sometimes they have the tiger by the tail and not expecting to get bit, but that surely could happen. We also want to bring in um, uh, well, another. We all we want to bring in one more person into the show, and then I'll come back to you. Uh, welcome to the show. Okay. Hello, is anybody there? Yeah, uh, that's what we're trying to get. Hopefully, I think I, we just have someone listening. Um, 
Also, I, think we I, want, know who I think I know who it is too. Um, um, me. Hello, Charlie. How's it going tonight, y'all? It's going fine. How are you? I got my it's, voice back. I see. It's got to be Charlene. <laughs> I'm trying to tell you. It's so glad to have you. We're so glad to have I'm you back. I'm so it, glad to be here. It brings so much balance to back to us, and I'm so glad to have you here with us. And and Charlene, what are your thoughts on things? Dr. Joseph Lowry has passed, and the coronavirus is on the rampage. Uh, there's it, some uh, stuff. It, it, it's a hot mess. Is all I can say because you know it's just we could have avoided this two months ago. Oh yeah, definitely. Had he not killed various programs, caused people to quit that knew what they were doing, didn't have to worry about trying to get on-the-job training as a Surgeon General who has a BS. And that's no BS. It is not. Who does that? Who put an individual in charge of all of our medical needs, decisions, and everything who has a BS. <laughs> well, I saw that and listened to him speak, and oh my goodness, I almost lost my brain. Yeah, you and you and everybody out of my ears. You and everybody yeah. else who who felt like this was an understatement to the nation, and I think it it clearly was. Yeah. And, uh, and so well, you have. Now yeah. that you know, he said at first it was not going to be a problem, and then a week later, he's walking that back. Oh, my goodness, we're having an issue. People are going to be dying, you think? You know something, folks, that when you think about all of this, you know, sarcasm alert, but it'll make you go, hmm, and make you wonder yeah. how many people are bald now from just pulling their hair after constantly listening to this nonsense coming from 45. And I'm doing yeah. this. I'm trying to be, um, be mild with my choice of words here. But, Thank, you, you sir. Know, Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Yep. You know what I mean. You know what I yes, mean. I do. But yes, I do. If I can, but if I can comment on how much people are not taking it seriously, it goes right to the improper leadership to begin with, how mm-hmm. many people are being duped by him. And, you know, as Joe Biden has always said, two words, words matter. And when you take into account of this guy, Mr. 45, to this very day, still treating this as a joke and saying it's mm-hmm. a hoax, it's a hoax, those kind of words and attitudes set into the minds of many that probably have been following him for some time. If you don't believe that, look at all of these spring breakers down in Florida, at the Florida beaches, the spring breakers in California, the same thing. They're yeah. asked about this um, social distancing and the COVID-19. They say, well, if I get the COVID-19, I don't have anything to worry about because I won't die or anything like that. That's only half right. Um, you could, no. You, 
you can you know get what, let me finish. You can get uh-huh. the virus, but you might not be, um, what's the word I'm looking yeah. for, fatal, because you can pass it on to an elderly person who is more susceptible to peril than, yeah. the young, than the younger age. The fact of the matter is there are no guarantees. So when the medical experts are saying something, it's very important to listen, to be concerned about your health as well as those around you and your loved ones. But then you got some of these people that have that attitude as well as the attitude that say, I, I do what I want. That is very reckless, very destructive, and you just, without thought, repeating the words that you hear from number 45, this is very dangerous stuff here. It definitely is. What about the elderly couple that went and took that medication that he suggested that was supposed to stop them from getting? Yeah. The guy ended up dying, I think, and his wife, I think, is still in ICU. Last report that I heard, yeah, she was still, she was sick, but he passed away. And his last words were, I was listening to what he said. Right, right, right. That this was on morning job. Uh, one thing that's that I'm sorry, Larry, and that falls right into the um the other irritating um statement made by the Texas lieutenant governor who said yeah. that people over seventy years old, grandma and grandpa, they're expendable now. They lived a long life. We should um sacrifice them so we can get the economy back rolling again. It's a bunch of folks, it's a bunch of those folks who made them comments, and all of them had to backtrack after they made the comments. Exactly. And I, yep. And the the sad part about this behavior, guys, is that we're going to continue to see this behavior, and people are going to continue to die too. And these folks ain't going to budge from it because they feel that the president is on to something. He's on to something. He's not on to anything. He's ill-informed, as far as I'm concerned. Dr. Fauci keeps telling him, "You making statements that you can't back up." And so this stuff is happening, mm-hmm. you know, and and, and uh, it has it has ramifications, um, and it has repercussions that's gonna gonna damage us for years to come. And and the sad part about it is that his base loves this stuff. His base loves this stuff, guys. They love it so much. You know, they're starting they're starting to believe everything he says, and they are not taking the absolute validation coming from someone who's working in this stuff and been involved 30 years or more. Dr. Fauci has been doing this stuff for a long time and has been trying to share this credible information to the world and the president doesn't want to hear it coming from him. And that's that's awful. It's absolutely awful. And even though and what else so is awful? what can we as, as citizens do about this isn't I mean, I just don't get it. Why are we allowing this to continue? Nothing we can do, but the only thing we can do, excuse me, Michael, the only thing we can do is have the president be unelected from office, and it's going to take a hell of a job to get it done. And the way things are looking right now, we got got our work cut out for us, folks. We got our work cut out for us, and we need to be very, we need to be very, very busy about getting this work done. One thing I'm going to share with everyone tonight is that we are, the president is floating a a conspiracy theory to de- deflect the medical gear crisis that's, that everybody's been asking about, 
They want the, everyone wants these uh, 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 the breathing machines in their states. The the governor, uh, Governor Cuomo, talking about wants, the ventilators. The, the governor Cuomo wants the ventilators to come to come to New York, and we have the the governor of t- uh, California asking for some too, and and Michigan has been asking for some. Everybody's been asking for the ventilators, and the president doesn't want yeah, to give them. I saw a I saw a report where. Um, Right after the impeachment trials happened, this is when this information came or started coming to surface in China. And the report stated that he sent a shipment of medical supplies and PPEs over to China. I saw that too. Absolutely awful. Absolutely awful. Why would you do that knowing that the epidemic was going to break out here in your own country? And, because and, he was thinking that he could buddy up to the leader in China because that's who he's always buddied up to. Him, as well as Kim Jong-un, as well as Putin. Yep. They are there. I'm sorry, Marie. Let it be noted, this is not the first time that Mr. 45 had just thrown this nation under the bus in a complete favor and alliance to a foreign interest or especially mm-hmm. a foreign adversary right right yeah. right and that and that that's saying a lot right there already if, if and if this is just one aspect of it i think michael yeah that's why i said it's not the first time yeah and i think i think we're going to have even more of of these incidents that occur because the president is somewhat grand. I'm not gonna say somewhat. The president is grandstanding, guys, and we know why. We know why he's grandstanding mm-hmm. because because of the elections coming up. That's why he's grandstanding, and he's ha- mm-hmm. he has great concern about his poll numbers. So actually, we, uh, this afternoon, I think I had a moment to read where his poll numbers have fell off a little bit, uh, down six points. I think it was six to eight points um, with his polling Some numbers. People seeing the real deal. Oh yeah, I think folks are seeing between the smoke screens that the president's putting up, and uh, that says a whole lot right now when it comes to that. You have a mess of people who think they have insight about what's going on with the coronavirus, and all of them are blind, as far as I'm concerned. The medical professions are on the front lines of this situation, and that that carries weight, and it should carry weight with this president, and it should carry weight with those who are working within the administration, folks. And that yeah. that. that that makes a lot of sense to me when you have a surgeon general who is continuing to read off the CDC flyer and telling folks what not to do, da da da. A surgeon general should bring comfort to this country, and 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 in that sense, um, I think I think I'm not saying that the surgeon general isn't doing a good job, but he should be even more taught to talk against what the president is saying and telling people, listen. Yeah, we may be at the peak, but we may not be at the peak. We need to do some things before we even get to this point. Uh, one, two, Which three, four. To the point where I was saying that I do not feel that he is qualified for his position. I don't right. understand, again, how an individual with just a BS degree is in that position. Even well, he ever had more, more uh, experience than he had. Of course, and that, that to me that says a lot already, Charlene, because of the the way and manner that you operate. 
it shows whether you experience in in this field or not uh how you delegate your authority to subordinates uh and when when it comes to disseminating critical information that's uh needed for the nation and uh like i said he's continuing to read off the the cdc flyer which everybody's doing right now who hasn't had that flyer in their hand and read every bullet point regarding the coronavirus. I got it up here in the office at home. No, we turned it because we have a scare in our office. Right. And, and so do you have an abundance of people who have that flyer? And, and the Surgeon General should do more, I think. He has to be the person that delivers the blow and say, you know what? If you don't stay at home, you're putting yourself at risk. And you're putting everybody right. else at risk if you don't stay in place. I'm in South Carolina where but a there governor, is another side to that. Yep, let me finish this point. I'm in a state, South yeah. Carolina, where the governor has yet to do a stay in place order. And the reason is, is because it's politically motivated. We all know that uh, Governor McMaster follows Donald Trump very closely. And mm-hmm. when, when 45 moves, uh, McMaster moves in 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 mm-hmm. somewhat like manner, and my state guys is very wide open. Now we have some mm-hmm. specific places in South Carolina where they're starting to be somewhat quarantined. Uh, um, uh, things that need to be done, like uh, hey, you you need to be home by a specific amount of time. Like I think it's either nine or ten o'clock at night. You have to be sheltered in place by that time if you're on the street then you have to deal with law enforcement. And so we have some particulars happening in the state, but not at the point where it's making people stay home. I was out this weekend, um, and I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna tell you right now, folks are not staying in place in my state. It's as it's as normal as you can be on a weekend. Folks in the park, mm-hmm. folks at the lake, folks fishing, doing whatever they need to do. The only difference is restaurants are closed and particular, mm-hmm. particular stores are closed. And you can't go in and have a meal, but you can order at the drive-thru. That's what's happening today. Mm-hmm. Um, I, know it's happen- only. I know it's happening in other southern states, and uh, which, is a, which is a shame that these southern states are are falling in line behind a Republican president because most of the Southern states have Republican governors. Think, think folks, put these two together and you get four. This is simple math here. Uh, Louisiana is starting to be a hotbed for the coronavirus as well. They've been saying it every, they've been saying it over the last few days leading into the weekend. Here we are on the last day of the weekend and they're still talking about the influx of, of people with the coronavirus in Louisiana. And it's attributed to what happened in Mardi Gras. The last Sunday of the month. The last Sunday of the month. Yes, exactly. All this stuff is happening. Also, we wanted we want we want to lead into what Michael was discussing with me earlier. Hey, folks, we do talk in the thread. We also talk off air. And Michael, we talked about yep. what's going on in the Asian community. Charlene, I know you guys have Chinese food restaurants in Virginia, just like we have in South Carolina. And our but, Asian uh, Murray, before, Murray, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Before we go further, and I just remember, remember, Murray, would you please remind 
all of our listeners, since you were talking about the Republican governors and you're talking about your governor, could you please remind everybody the political party your governor is in? Uh, my political party, my governor is a Republican. Uh, Thank has, you. Just wanted to that on the record. Has been ever since. Uh, South yep. Carolina hasn't had, a, hasn't had a Democratic governor since. Okay. Oh, Go, well, Charlotte. Virginia is blue. Virginia is blue with Northam, and when he made a decision to shut the schools, mm-hmm. they jumped on him with two feet. Yep. Yeah, I can he imagine. He was you know, doing too much. He's overreacting. The the guy on the radio station talked about him saying he was incoherent. Let me break it down to you and let you understand what he was really trying to say. And I had what? to turn the radio station. I was like, I cannot believe that you actually just sat there and called him incoherent, among other things, just nasty negative stuff about this man that is attempting to try to do something to stop us from becoming like New York or Washington State. Right, right, right. Everybody's everybody's everybody's, everybody's dealing with this. And I think I think us we we folks living in the southern half of the country, we are not impervious to the coronavirus. It's gonna make its way here. Um we've only had uh nine or ten um deaths in the state of South Carolina. We've had a number increase somewhat here in my state um with outbreaks. Um, there and and we haven't had a a significant amount of deaths. I think that's why I think that's why McMaster is not doing some things that could be more preventative here in the state of South Carolina, and that's only because the fatality rate is not high enough for him to respond to it. The other thing I think too, that's our, stupid. I agree that's with you. Stupid, especially from a party that claims to be championing themselves to be pro-life where you're counting on catastrophe and fatality to finally take um action it'd be like what the other criticism that was said about a week or two ago in which now trump wants to respond to the crisis and how to plan for this crisis the thing is how is how is he going to plan for the crisis while you're already in the middle of a crisis you're supposed to have done that beforehand to prevent the crisis from happening yeah that's the that was the main thing that's that's that, that i think too michael and it, to me it's it's really important that it that that people understand how this thing is going to be played out this thing is playing out because of what could happen with this election with joe biden and so i think mm-hmm. that's why Donald trump is playing his hand like this because he knows that he has a credible uh a, a credible opponent and and Joe Biden, I know the Bernie folks are about to flip over. We ain't done. I know they're saying, Murray, we ain't done yet. Why are you talking about Biden as being the nominee? Uh, folks, if you look at the numbers, Biden is pretty much the nominee for the exactly. for, So when is Bernie going to drop out? Yeah, he just needs to go ahead and say, hey, I'm done. I'm going to walk away. There from you this. go. So you're ahead behind someone else and you may can get but, an office in the cabinet. Well, but make this, no mistake, but, but make well, no mistake folks, that this that this issue, this coronavirus thing, is going to be a hot-button issue throughout this campaign and how we mm-hmm. have lost thousands of innocent lives because of yep. the neglect and the absolute, uh, absolute mischief 
of one Donald J. Trump that treating this thing as a joke then and still treating it as a joke now. If you need an illustration, ladies and gentlemen, without listening to any audio, you've probably seen nationwide the press conferences of my governor, New York Governor Andrew Cuomo, as well as New Jersey Governor Phil Murphy mm-hmm. regarding the two biggest hit areas of this COVID-19. And yes. since they're yes. the ones that have been speaking about social distance and they illustrate what social distance is, they not only spoke about it, but they are also walking the walk. They're practicing what they're preaching. You see how everybody is spaced out six feet each. I can tell you right now, here in New York City, you go into any supermarket to grab any incidentals, there are tape markings on the floor to guide people of that six feet measurement distance, again, enforcing social um, distancing. Governor Cuomo's putting into practice, and you see it on camera. Governor yeah. Murphy in New Jersey is putting into practice, you see it on camera. What happens with Trump when he was signing this um, $2 trillion deal? Have all these Republicans crowding in on him as if they're about to pay him homage or kiss his rump, whatever you want to call it. Nobody, none of these Republicans practicing the social distancing coronavirus guidelines. Ironically, the same coronavirus guidelines that Mr. 45 extended until at least April 30th. So, well, that's because that's because these folks feel like this thing is not what everybody's making it out to be. They're, they're, They're just believing in conspiracy theories and all kind of things like that. And the president's kind of threw this thing under the bus, so to speak. Let's talk about the poll numbers. Speaking of the poll numbers, folks, it, uh, President Trump and former Vice President Joe Biden are in a tightly competitive race for the White House in November uh, general election, with the president gaining ground on his likely challenger over the past month as the coronavirus pandemic um, convulses the country, according to the Washington Post and the ABC News Post poll. Uh, Trump moved from what was a seven-point deficit in February to to a near tie with Biden today among registered voters, Biden favored favored by forty nine percent and Trump by forty seven. Uh, when the poll measures preferences among uh, all adults, Biden stands at fifty percent. Trump stands at forty four percent. Trump is more trusted to handle the economy, while Biden is more trusted to deal with the health care. When voters are at, were, were asked whom they trust more to confront the coronavirus outbreak. The difference between the two is a a significantly tie between these two men. Uh, Let's jump down here a little bit. It says uh, vote of of choice, Trump uh, 47, Biden 49, that's vote of choice. Trust more to handle the economy, the president by 10-point lead, um, because folks, the the our counterparts love money, folks. That's why they, we have a ten point lead on the economy. Trust more to handle the coronavirus outbreak. Um, Biden is trailing by five points. They think Trump is doing a good job with the outbreak. Um, trust more to handle health care, and you have a ten point lead for Biden to handle the health care situation. So these are some numbers that come to, uh, straight to us at the moment. Here, I got folks. some additional numbers for you, Murray. 
Okay, well, the, the, hang on a second before you reveal your numbers. Uh, one thing we want to and talk about. And this is Meet the Press also. Okay, well, just hold on a second because I yep. want to go back and talk a little bit about the situation that happens with our with our Asian family members. Um, oh, yes. Um, and what's been going on with these folks. We've been discussing this a little bit in our sidebar about what's going on in the Asian community. Um, the president was calling the coronavirus the Chinese virus until he was politely corrected by his by his administration. And I know why they told him, Mr. President, you can't say this. You can't say that no more. It's causing more harm than it, it's doing more damage than good. Michael, we discussed this a little bit um, uh, on on the off on the off on the thread a little bit. We kind of talked about what's happening in our communities when it comes to, um, to, to to the Asian community. A lot of a lot of our favorite um, Chinese food restaurants are now closed. Um, the Asian community members are being attacked by the rhetoric that the president spoke out against when he started calling this the Chinese virus, and a lot of Asian community members were being attacked and harmed and hurt and so on and so forth. And uh, this thing has just gotten out of hand. Um, uh, just um, a week ago, Friday, I want to say a week ago, Friday, we were at a local, one of our local favorite um, Asian restaurants having some food. We thought those guys were going to be around for a while. Well, we came by on, a, on this Friday pass and, and they were closed. They have a sign up say we close. We we're not in here. Um, we kind of peruse the community just to check and see if, was there any other ones open. All those folks are gone. Nobody's mm-hmm. running those runs at the moment. Um, folks, Michael had a a a very graphic description of someone being attacked on a subway car. Michael, can you talk to me, man? Talk to me. Tell tell everyone what happened with, with with this attack on the subway car here. Well, it's a video that has gone viral, and what happened is that there are two individuals on the subway car. Now, if I can just give an illustration of the subway car here in New York City for those that um, are not familiar with, there's a total of six subway doors that open up and close um, by the conductor, three on each side of the car, the front, middle, and back, depending on the direction you're going and where you're standing in the car. Um, The two people in general, it was unfortunately an African-American who was talking, acting the fool, and an Asian-American. Both of them were in the middle of the car and the poor Asian American, the poor guy, he had to have his back up against the subway door to try to protect his own back because he didn't think anybody else would be um, watching his back. And across from him on the other middle subway door is the aggressor who's talking a whole bunch of hateful stuff, terrorizing him. And at the same time, repeating the bunch of nonsense, the hateful, racist, divisive nonsense that spewed out of Trump's mouth in suggesting that this, all, this coronavirus um, is the cause um, by these Asian Americans, these Chinese Americans, and they are totally to be blamed and they are to be, quote, taken care of. 
so to speak. That's pretty much what the rhetoric and I don't want to use the word spirit of the dialogue, but that's what has gone down. And ever since that, you got that video that I spoke to you um, about. There's also been reports of Chinese Americans literally assaulted by some of these hateful people that listen to the likes of Trump and these other right-wing extremists that have put the target on Chinese um, Chinese people, Chinese Americans, blaming them for the COVID-19. Someone saying, where the F is your mask? You're supposed to put a mask on. And then when someone has a mask on, what the F are you doing? Trying to commit a crime? And then they get plummeted. Right. It's like, damned if you do, damned if you don't. So right, that right. has been spiked up. And I think there was even one person that was killed after being plummeted. So this is some real serious stuff here. And then now you find, and I'm telling you right now, throughout New York City, I'm in Bronx County, and I got confirmation that Bronx County, Queens County, and 99% of Westchester County, Chinese um, restaurants have abruptly closed. You know, they have been um, closed. I'm getting confirmation um, that um, places in Manhattan, in Brooklyn, pretty much all the five boroughs having um, Chinese food, Chinese restaurant takeouts closing down as if the reports of them being attacked or maybe even getting telephone death threats, I don't know. But mm. it's got to be a reason why there's an abrupt closure of Chinese restaurants when they were just open some days ago, still doing business as usual, you just confirmed, Murray, about your Chinese restaurants closing. You're down in South Carolina, and I'm still awaiting word from a couple of friends of mine, one that lives in Missouri, um, another lives in Dallas, Texas, and I got a couple that live out in L.A., California. And I'm still trying to reach and trying to find out. So if I see that there's a pattern here, of course I'm following up to give you and give everyone the message here. And rest assured, it could be reported on mainstream media since nowadays mainstream mm-hmm. media is turning to social media for the leads. And at times, by the time you see a report hit on national news or mainstream media, it's one month after the um, incident. Straight out. Yep. Yep, yep, and I, I start off by saying this, and I know we'll talk about this more when in the days and the weeks to come when more developments occur. But make no mistake, you, and Murray, you just got through saying that we got a lot of work to do with this uh, upcoming mm-hmm. 2020 election. No doubt that it's a bunch of stuff being exposed on Trump right now, and people like you and me are reminding everybody of what he's done, what he hasn't done, no matter how you slice and dice it, it's nev- nothing but negative stuff towards the American people, a lot of injustices. With that well, said, with that said, and the, the hate-mongering that you eloquent with, eloquently dis- um, displayed on Trump's part when it comes to the Asian Americans, this has been pretty much the, the four-year tenure of one Donald J. Trump and placing targets on the backs of 
people in a highly racially divisive matter, as well as gender-wise. He has done it to blacks and African-Americans. He's done it to Mexicans in the separating of families. He's done it to Muslims with his bogus Muslim travel ban. A lot of this yeah. stuff, mind you, has been overturned by the courts. He's done it to the LGBTQ community. This is jumping around. You know, clapping and carrying them because they were about to get free chicken. Wow. Wow. Folks, folks, yeah. you guys, are you guys hearing this, folks? Are you guys hearing this? This is this is this is this is. And, and I was like, "You got to be kidding me!" And so, you know, of course, I didn't say anything because it it really would have <laughs> defeated the purpose of me even saying anything because they're not going to listen to me. Of course not. Of course not. Oh my. So I just kept rolling on by, but like I said, uh, a lot of them have been quiet as church mouses over this Corona situation, or church okay. mice. They have it's been a, very quiet over this situation, and you know, for a long time, I, I didn't understand why my boys would not go back to church with me, and and I wish Ishan was on tonight because he probably would chime in on that. But um, you know, needless to say, I don't beg him to go to church with me anymore. I don't even well, go to church right now; everything's shut down. But even if there was church available, I I would not fuss at them to go. But I'm gonna just say this right here in in defense of 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 what you're saying, and I, I approve because sometimes we we you know people can be hypocritical and they can wear that label and think it's not being shown, and you can see it in their actions and in their in their mannerism mm-hmm. when they're being hypocritical. And that's I understand why the boys wouldn't go back because they feel like most folks are hypocrites. Why do I need to be up in here and they acting hypocritical yeah. too? You're and right. I don't need to be in here while y'all being hypocritical. So let me just stay out of this because I don't want this influence in my life at all. I'm trying to be, I'm trying to be the person that I'm, that I'm, that my mother raised me to be and, and understand from, from, from every nature that she's given me in in speeches and raising me that you don't treat people this way. You don't act this way around people that have differences. And so that's what the issue is here. I think, um, um, I got this article, guys, and I'm 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 gonna, I'm gonna just jump right in. There was a person, a Filipino mother was called. Well, the person called my Filipino mother a Chinese coronavirus bitch. Excuse the language. Murray rarely cusses, and and that's rare. And said that both of my parents are bearers of the virus because of the corona because of CVID-19 originated in Wuhan, China. Asian Americans have been widely um, scapegoated, regardless of whether they are Chinese or not. Asian Americans and Indonesians and Chinese Korean, Chinese Koreans, Thais, Filipinos, and others aren't the monolith, but but for Americans with bigoted views, and that hardly matters. Uh, it says Asian Americans of every descent are dealing not only with the virus itself but verbal and physical violence from xenophobic neighbors the choice to wear a mask is not widely debated among friends and relatives do you wear one to protect yourselves from the virus or does it draw unnecessary attention and sometimes it does depends on where you are 
I know here in the South, when you see when you see individual individuals with masks, folks tend to look down on them, give you the eye, the side mm-hmm. eye, whatever you want to call it. I think it's disgusting. Um, while listen to this, and we're going to jump over here. It says while President Trump finally called the Asian Americans to be protected on March 23rd, he failed to acknowledge uh, the parts he played in their uh, vilification. Uh, he continues to uh, interchangeably call COVID-19 the Chinese virus, even as the World oh, Health Organization. Yeah, even even as the World Health Organization warns against shorthandedness, uh, he even changed his own news conference script to reflect the the viral photograph shows the word Corona crossed out and replaced with the word Chinese in the president's handwriting. And 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 at least one member of his staff reportedly joked that it was the Kung Fu virus. And folks, this is what kind of administration you have in America. And it is our mm-hmm. job to inform you, and these panel members are in agreement with me, that it's time to change presidents very, very quickly. Right, guys? We are, we're ready to get rid of Donald Trump here. He's causing, yes. he's causing chaos throughout the country with with this racist rhetoric that he continues to use. Uh, excuse me. I mean, dog whistle talk. That's what the president mm. said. He uses these dog whistle words to, to cause these reactions in his base. And Michael, I, I, my thoughts and prayers go out to that person who was attacked on the subway car. And we don't have, we don't have this sort of thing that happens, but it does happen. Just for, just for the record, just for the record, and uh, it, the video did not show any kind of physical attack, but it was leery towards it. But there were already physical attacks towards other um, Asian Americans, other Chinese Americans here in New York City. And I can only imagine what was going through this poor guy's mind as possibly becoming the next victim, the next statistic. Um, if he is okay physically and wasn't harmed physically, you can bet that he's been harmed emotionally. It's a lifetime emotional scars now. Absolutely, Michael. Absolutely. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna share one more, a couple of more guys, and we want to talk about. And I I want you guys to chime in because it's important. But Elizabeth Warren calls out Walmart and Amazon and McDonald's over over sick leave. And the senator, the, the senator wants companies to do the right thing and make a sick leave easily accessible during the coronavirus emergency. Um, she says, I urge you to raise to the imperative of this public health crisis by providing universal and flexible paid leave and adequate health and safety protections for all your employees. And this came from uh, Elizabeth Warren. What are you guys' thoughts on this? She came out and said this, and it kind of got a stir going in the country about Companies and employees who are working in hazardous situations or non-hazardous situations, and she's asking that, hey, we want you to take care of folks who want to use the sick leave and not be penalized for using the sick leave. What are you guys' thoughts? Charlene, what's your thoughts on this? Ah, that runs really, really close to home because, um, you know, I work for a child placing agency for foster care, and we are not allowed to take out. Um, it's really been crazy because at one time um, I was being told to go home and work from home because I had a cough. I don't know if I remember telling you all 
that I had the flu about three and a half weeks ago. And the doctor, I took all my medication. The doctor cleared me to go back to work, and I still was sent back home because I was coughing. Now, um, I'm not contagious. I was still asked to wear a mask when I returned to work for three or four days. And so then finally I said, the heck with the mask. I'm not wearing it anymore because my doctor has said to me that I am no longer contagious. I'm not going to wear it. So um, it was frowned upon. And at first, one time they were saying, no, you cannot work from home. We don't allow you to work from home. You know, you have to come in to work. Well, last week, we were being told we could work from home for three days. Three days out of the five-day week, and then two days we come into the office and upload paperwork and blah, blah, blah. Well, I chose to work on Saturday and Sunday and give up uh, an extra two days during the week so that I could distance myself from those who had, you know, ostracized me because I wanted them to feel like, you know, I don't want to be around you. You don't want to be around me. So good. But it was just crazy. And the reason why I'm saying because one of my coworkers went to Jamaica on a trip, on a cruise. Now, both of us were out the same week. She was out on her cruise. I was out cruising the bed here with the flu. And being that I had not been out of the country, which one of us should have been quarantined for two weeks? The person on the cruise should have been quarantined for two weeks. That's, Not right. That's exactly right. According to what the CDC said, yes, he was supposed to have been at home for two weeks under quarantine. Now, they made me go home, made me wear a mask, blah, blah, blah. And I told him, I said, I'm not the one that has been out of the country. I said, that was one of the questions that was asked when I went to the emergency room. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I was not, I didn't, I hadn't been out of the country. She had. But long story short, she was not asked to be sent home. She stayed all week, and then that Friday she got sick. Well, she had us all worried about the coronavirus because she tested negative for two flowers, uh, flu uh, strands, like flu A and B. Wow. She was put quarantined for another, um, Another uh, situation. Wow. Um, y'all go ahead. Wow. Well, folks, we want to. We uh, this Can is typical. Go ahead, Michael. This is typical of what's going on with people in offices and locations across the country uh, who are dealing with situations when it comes to um, um, uh, a simple cough, and to have have Charlene go through this is not good at all. And I, I can imagine how she felt. Um, being attacked, not attacked, but being told you have to stay in place because of your situation. But the person who came in on a cruise ship who had been out cruising for a week or 10 days or so, however long it was, and they didn't have an opportunity. They didn't do any of the the uh, prior uh, uh, medical precautionary measures. Yeah, before beforehand uh, instead of reporting directly to work. I think that was just atrocious. Go ahead, Michael, which comment? Yeah, it, it goes to show how some people still treat this matter as a joke instead of seriously and honestly. And I'm, I applaud Elizabeth Warren for pushing this, and I wouldn't be surprised if she has been informed by constituents or paying attention to the news 
of the bizarre behaviors and absolute criminal conduct being uh, committed by some people. We have already had, if you see news reports, of a supermarket, and I think it was near New York City or um, elsewhere, but there was one supermarket in which someone was um, acting like a very terrorizing matter in which they literally and deliberately spat upon the produce, you know, the fruits. Yeah, the I saw that. I saw yeah, that. and spat upon the food in which all that stuff had to been tossed out and the display counters which the food and the produce is placed upon had to be sanitized. And the person is jokingly saying, I got the coronavirus. I don't know if that was the case or not, but his, but I'm sorry, I'm saying his, it was a her, it was a female. She got her butt arrested, of course, for okay. um, vandalism and reckless endangerment. And, you know, she's going to be looking at time in prison, especially if, she, in fact, she is infected. I mean, they had to sanitize the counters, the shelves, and, and so forth, and the store lost. Are you ready for this? Hit the ka-ching! $35,000 worth of merchandise. Wow. $35,000 of food in which people needed that suddenly do not become available anymore because you cannot sell contaminated merchandise. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So that, so that, that was crazy. Outrage. It was crazy. It was crazy. But then at the same time, you got some of these um, food workers like a McDonald's. They're also facing their challenges with very rude customers that are also spitting on them or saying, I got oh, yeah. coronavirus or they're sweating. You yeah. know how people wipe their brows and fling the sweat on them like no sweat. You know, people have really lost their freaking minds. We already have reports here in New York City itself of transit workers being spat upon and attacked by people, and they saying that they got the coronavirus. Even if they didn't have the coronavirus, you still have to wonder, and MTA um, employees, transit workers, they're under the MTA, that's Metropolitan Transportation Authority, a state agency, and you're mm-hmm. attacking a state worker, you are subject to seven years imprisonment and a very hefty fine. And, and that's not just only state agency either, because I worked in a state job, and we're currently closed. My office is currently closed because of this coronavirus, and we have the same protection. You attack any of us, you're looking at arrest and imprisonment of seven years and a hefty fine. You do not attack state employees. You're not supposed to be attacking anyone, period. Period. So there, come on. Let's just be honest. You ain't supposed to come at anybody at, at this point. What, period. What a, shame, what a shame. What a shame that this is going on, folks, and we having to deal with it. And uh, um, um, we haven't had such attacks here in South Carolina, but we want we we can mention one that that if you haven't seen the video, guys. I put a video up on Skyshot Radio Podcast group page on Facebook. Oh my God! Yeah, where where someone actually decided to vandalize a yeah. a blessing box where we put where we put canned goods and and things like that 
for people in need. These blessing boxes are in strategic areas across the county where people can go to these blessing boxes and get the food out. Uh, what you're supposed to do is kind of like an exchange program where you get canned goods. And then if you come across, you get you get canned goods for yourself. And you say you want you have an abundance of them and you want to share, you just take your canned goods back and put them in the back and in the in the blessing box. So it's kind of like an exchange program for those in need. Uh, not only canned goods, dry goods, whatever other goods that you can put in these blessing boxes, um, they are not in the greatest of places for security. Um, they are strategically placed for people for visibility where people can actually see them. Um, and it just what Michael talks about reminds me of this vandal vandalism that took place with these blessing boxes, and it just hurts so bad. And it's bad for those who are who need the blessing boxes, and and those ones who use it on a frequency. And to find out, you go to your particular one, and it has been vandalized. All the items out of it, all the stuff is out of it, the doors off of it, and it's just all awful to see that somebody would take an opportunity to destroy something for the good of of the community and and make it a joke i just think it was awful that that happened um on today we discovered that today while we were out and about and uh, we just happened to come across the area where the blessing box was um folks we are we are nearing the end of the show we want to um thank michael and charlene for being on tonight uh and, and giving us uh, their their commentary because oh boy what a lot of different things that are taking place and what's happening to us um, doing doing this moment of the coronavirus and uh, I tell you what uh, there's a lot of people who are having to go through so much right now and uh, uh, we are continuing to pray for people we're continuing to ask people to be vigilant please follow all the medical protocols that the medical community is asking us to do. Um, and please wash your hands. Don't touch your face. Um, use a napkin to cover your cough. Um, stay back six feet away from people when necessary. Um, do all the necessary things that are important to maintain your health during this time of crisis. We are continuing to give our thoughts and prayers to those victims in New York City and other places across America, California, Louisiana, and other states that have an abundance of coronavirus victims, the ones that are going through, the ones that have passed, our hearts go out to all these families affected. And we want everybody to know that here on the show and our and our immediate family that we're 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 reaching out and continuing to lift you up in prayer. It is very important that everybody know this is a a group of people who believe. We are believers who believe in the and the total uh, uh, healing power uh, of our faith. And that's important right now in America. Also, everyone, as we get ready to go, we're going to do a couple of announcements. We're going to get out of your way. We're going to let Michael give us some closing words. Michael, what, what are your closing thoughts here, sir? Closing words is that, of course, we already stress about being careful, being mindful of social distancing, all right? But although we're in this pandemic, it is no excuse whatsoever for people to be acting up, violating one another, terrorizing one another, and worst of all, 
picking up the bad habits of a certain unidealistic leader who's not really a leader, but rather a user. And I'm referring to that of Mr. Donald J. Trump, Mr. 45. There have been laws and policies in place for the common good and for decency and justice well before he got his bump into the White House. Not a damn thing has changed since officially. So people who think that they can just act the fool and just turn around and terrorize others and not be held accountable, get that out of your heads, ladies and gentlemen. And please pass the word on to others that you may know that you are better than that. You would not tolerate it if it was done to you, so you shouldn't be doing it to them. I mean, you cannot be falling to be following the rotten or the bad example of somebody like Trump. If you want good leadership examples, turn to Governor Cuomo of New York. Turn to Governor Phil Murphy of New Jersey. Turn to the California governor. Turn to Murray Riley, the host of Sky Shout Radio Podcast. Turn to yours truly, Michael Wilbekin of the senior panelists here and from New York City, anybody and everybody that stands for truth and justice. In closing, I would point out another off-the-wall tweet that Mr. Trump had posted, and it says, because the ratings of my news conferences and et cetera are so high, bachelor finale, Monday night football type numbers, according to the New York Times, the lamestream media is going crazy, says one lunatic. Trump is reaching too many people, and we must stop him. My answer to him, see you at 5 o'clock p.m. This stupid tweet coming out while we're in the midst of a coronavirus pandemic, and people are dying because of his neglect and nonsense. Ladies and gentlemen, you've got a brain here. God gave us brains to use and gave us a pen to use and not a sword. You want to be adults? You claim to be adults? Damn it. Start acting like one. Start behaving as such. Start being more responsible and not falling for the nonsense of the irresponsible. I'm only saying this for your own good. Thank you, Michael. Thank you, Michael. Folks, we want to let everyone know that we, we apologize for some of the expletives that we're using tonight on the show is my just, apologies. We're just not uh, that group here, but in in the in the evidence of passion, it does come up sometime, and we want to apologize for that. We want to make sure we put that disclaimer out there. Also, we want to thank Charlene. I think she's gone for the night. Um, she was here with us, and we want to come on and say a few words to everyone. What what are your final thoughts before we go? Well, I want to pray that everybody be safe. Please be well. We do need you here. We depend on you to not only make our lives more colorful and interesting, but we want you to make sure you're here because we care about you. Um, Please follow the uh, CDC um, guidelines, like Mr. Murray was saying earlier. We do need for you all to be safe so everybody else can be safe, too. 
But like I said, please make sure you take care of one another. We're not in this boat alone. Please make sure our children are taken care of and that they're still being fed as they need to be fed every day, as well as educated. I want to say these things and leave these things with you. Have a good night. Thank you, Charlene, for the closing comments. Hey, folks, as we get ready to go, uh, uh, Murray doesn't have anything to say because my two guys did a wonderful job. The only thing I'm going to say is we have a few announcements. Uh, the opportunity to be a special guest on an upcoming episode of the Community Call Podcast is now available. You can email the show at skyshotradiopodcast at gmail.com, or you can inbox me on Facebook Messenger. Uh, I, it's open, guys. You can just hit me up there. Just put it in the search bar, Murray Riley, and you can find me on Facebook. Also, you can find this podcast on the following podcast networks, Breaker, Google Podcasts, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Spotify. Let me tell you something. Spotify is becoming the home of a many of podcasts similar to mine and others who are doing political talk and self-help talk. If you're going through some mental challenge during this, during this coronavirus pandemic, please check out all the folks who are doing um, health and wellness programs, uh, health and wellness podcasts. They are helping out people who are, who may be in a panic mindset at this moment. So go to Spotify and Spotify and check out these folks. Also, you can find our show on speaker.com as well. We have a, 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 a many of places where you can find the community call podcast. And we want, what we want to do is thank everyone for listening and being a part of another great and rousing episode right here on the Community Call Cast podcast. Whatever you do, stay together, stay in love. Peace.